One of the topics which receives far too little attention today is the devastating impact of the modern world on our mental and emotional well-being. But this impacts all of us, and often tragically. As Catholics, we know that God can heal all our sufferings, but we also know that he works actively in the world and in his church. Many with emotional and mental sufferings don't know where to turn or where to get help when they need it, especially finding someone they can trust. One little-known individual who has helped thousands of people is Conrad Bars. Bars's system of affirmation therapy based on the teaching of St. Thomas Aquinas is perhaps one of the least known and most needed remedies to the sufferings that many today endure. I'm going to be speaking today to a man whose life work is to communicate to people the most essential truths we all need to know and be reminded of, that God loves us, that he made us perfect in his image, that though we are fallen through the incredible love God has for us, he calls us to live in his friendship in the most beautiful and compassionate way. And that is, it's possible, however much we've suffered or however much we've ourselves departed from God's friendship, to return to him, to find peace in our lives and to find peace within ourselves. Stay tuned. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're speaking today with Christopher McDonald, who is a therapist practicing Conrad Bars's therapy. So welcome to the program. Thank you, John Henry. Thank you for having me on. Chris, if you can tell us a little bit about Conrad Bars, who is this fellow and uh, what has he developed? Well, it, Comrade Bars and his, his partner, Anna Charua, are both of the Netherlands. And in the 1940s, uh, they were both psychoanalysts following the theories of Freud. Um, and they were, they were both disillusioned by the therapy, first and foremost, because it wasn't effective. They, they didn't feel it was effective enough. But also because it wasn't consonant with the teachings of the church about human nature. Um, Freud had a lot of good things to say, but at the same time that they felt it, it wasn't quite right. It wasn't fully the truth. And so they were both disillusioned and they came across uh, Thomas Aquinas through a redemptorist priest who, who showed them uh, his Aquinas's work on, on human nature. And when they read the work, they found that it confirmed their own experience with clients. And so they decided to develop a, a system of therapy based on the, the writings of Aquinas, as well as some of the, the modern discoveries that are well-established in psychology. So what are the main aspects of, the, of this therapy? One of the key aspects of, of the therapy is the, the concept of affirmation. Um, and affirmation is, as Bars and Chirua have written about, is, is quite different from the affirmation that we hear about in pop psychology. It has nothing to do with positive statements that we may say to ourselves or to others, you know, standing in the mirror and running through these lists of, of positive statements. It has absolutely nothing to do with that. 
another key part of the of the bars and true model is that human beings are are basically rational, and that though we have our, our emotions and our emotions are very very important and they give us important information and they support us, that our free will and rationality are are key to to uh, living a, a Christian life and good life and being happy. So it's not like the affirmation. We hear a lot about affirmation today. In fact, a lot of psychologists will tell you today, we really have to affirm people in where they're at. You know, if someone presents as transgender or LGBT or whatnot, you have to affirm them in that. That's not what we're talking about, is it? That's not what we're talking about at all. What affirmation is, is the idea is to make firm affirmation, to make solid a person. And Jesus is the model affirmer. Jesus strengthens us. A, a way of looking at affirmation is it's simply love, but from a psychological perspective. In this therapy, you deal also with different forms of denial that people have. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Denial in, in this context has nothing to do with Freudian denial, uh, the, the defense mechanism of denial. In this case, it's, it's the opposite of affirmation. It's to deny the person, uh, it's to deny the, 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 the beauty and presence, true presence of that person. If I'd explain affirmation a little bit, uh, it's, as we said, it's, it's, it's love, but looking at it from a psychological point of view. When we're born, we're born biologically. We're alive, but we're not psychologically alive yet. We haven't received our psychological births. And that comes through other people, mainly our parents. And our parents are there principally to affirm us. And what they're doing is they are, they are being completely present to us, and they are perceiving our unique goodness. So when I receive my psychological birth, I am experiencing not only my goodness, but my unique goodness, that I am like no other, that I'm a unique expression of God. Now, that's, that's something that you know, we can all say, oh, that's true, and that's, that's good, that's nice. But to actually feel that, to actually experience that. And it's not something, when you have that, it's not something you can describe to somebody. You can't write an essay about it, or it can't be reduced to a list of traits. It, it's just, it's experienced and understood by that person who has his psychic birth. Unfortunately, in our society today, most people do not have that, or it's, it's, it's very weakened. There isn't this sense of my own, uh, my own unique goodness. And so it's principally the parents and other educators that would, that would give that. It's interesting, even as a concept to know and to understand that parents are to do this, um, because speaking as a parent myself, I've you know I've had eight children, but the understanding going into parenthood with the understanding that really is in a way your job to convey to your children that they are unique creatures of God Almighty, that they are children of God more so than they are children of your own as a parent. Um, even that it's for the most part lost. I, I you know there's not a parenting manual. Um, for the most part, that uh, that many use. Well, what I was talking about was was emotional affirmation. We talk about the psychic birth. 
that we, again, we come to experience our own goodness. But there is another aspect, and we call it intellectual affirmation. An intellectual af affirmation is instilling objective truth, in, say, into our children, or helping to draw that out, helping the children to see the, 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 the eternal truths, knowing that that's going to free them and, and bring them happiness. So there's, there's that aspect of affirmation as well. How did you come to discover this? Because, I mean, I, you know, I was in psychology myself prior to uh, this life that I'm in now, and uh, really did not come across this in my studies. Where did you come across Conrad Bars? I came across it through through uh, somebody that I met, and uh, she she had an agency, and she was dedicated to the Bars True uh, model back in the '90s, and uh, she felt that I had a vocation to this kind of work. And first, I resisted. I was in graduate school, and I was doing some teaching, and was involved in, in literature. And she felt, "No, you you actually the person, the kind of person we want." So uh, she trained me, and then I worked in the agency, and then I went into private practice. But I was I was introduced to it, and I was I was blown away, just like everybody else is who reads it. What do you think that Barza's therapy has for us today, especially because we're in a very unique time in history? Uh, there's just an unbelievable amount of uh, distortion going on, a breakup of. Just there's a lot of mental sickness that even today is not even recognized as mental sickness. It's 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 affirmed in that negative way, um, and yet there's such suffering out there. How do you feel that the uh, bars method really applies today, John Henry? There's a true pandemic out there, and it's not coronavirus. It's this. It's a lack of affirmation. It's deprivation, and people don't name it. They don't know what it is, but they're they're frustrated. They feel unloved. They feel inferior, inadequate, accompanying uh, depression, anxiety. They feel like children in adult bodies, essentially. Um, and they're not sure why. Um, and they, they have a hard time surviving. They have a hard time just living. And it's very difficult for them to fully realize their vocation to serve God because they're, they're essentially licking their wounds. They're just trying to survive, which, of course, is going to affect their church. But this is, this is pervasive among, among all strata of society, all races. doesn't matter if you come from money or you don't come from money. If you don't have truly loving, authentically affirming parents or somebody in your life, you're going to, you're going to have problems. So you look at the breakdown of the family today, and you look how the family is being destructured today. This is having a devastating effect on the children who grow up and they're not adequately affirmed. So they cannot adequately affirm their children. And it goes on and on. And you see the slow erosion of the family, the slow erosion of society, the slow erosion of, if I may say so, of the church. How do you find that this is playing out? Can you sort of identify in our culture some things that really is this lack of affirmation that's really playing out? You might say that we live in a culture of the unaffirmed. It's, it's so pervasive that we've created a culture around being unaffirmed. So if you notice, everything is about not wanting to offend anybody, not wanting to hurt anybody's feelings. And what that really is, if I'm saying I'm okay, you're okay, and I won't say anything, and I won't, I won't uh, uh, manifest any quote-unquote microaggressions against you, what I'm really saying is, 
don't be mad at me. I don't want to make you mad at me because it'll make me feel rejected and unloved. So you've got this society of very fragile people and everybody is protecting themselves. And so we create these false ideologies to, to, to justify and to rationalize the, this, this, this vulnerability that we have. And you can see this, for example, in the whole woke culture. Uh, you, you see this in, in it, this idea of microaggression, don't, don't hurt my feelings. But at the same time, one of the key elements of, of being unaffirmed is frustration. And you don't have to look too far. If you look, if you look in the riots that took place in the United States over the summer, you see the frustration. And I would say that, that, that the real frustration that these people are experiencing is not so much an unjust society, it's that they're feeling unaffirmed, they're feeling unloved, and they, they, they don't know why. And, and so they, they, they'll take it out, they'll displace the, the, the anger. When you have that psychic birth, you have a sense of identity, that I am unique, I am good and unique. But if you don't have that sense of identity, you attach to the identity of the group. So if it be Black Lives Matter or Antifa, just name the group. My identity co comes from that group uh, because I don't have my own identity. And of course, as we can see, that's a very dangerous thing. Part of the, I mean, we, we deal with a lot of um, hard situations. Um, and uh, one, of the, one of the things that happens is people have a lot of deficits and sometimes disabilities and so on. But how are they to be affirmed? Um, so, you know, people might say, oh, yeah, of course I want to identify with somebody else because I've got all sorts of problems and issues. Uh, and so how can I be affirmed? I'm no good at school. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a star at this or that. I'm, I'm poor athletically or whatever. Where is their affirmation? Well, there is affirmation where there is authentic love. And the good news is that if you didn't get the affirmation as a child, you can still get it. Um, it it's the, the book is not closed on you. That if, if you if you need that kind of psychological development, you can get it uh, by being in the presence of people who are authentically affirming. That might mean you might have to go to uh, you can seek professional help. That's fine. Um, but there may be uh, people that you know, there may be certain religious who are just very authentically loving people who can, who can really help you and help you develop. You know, there was, I was, uh, two people that come to mind, to mind, when I think of people who have grown up in, in very difficult circumstances, two people, one is Ben Carson and the other one is um, uh, Clarence Thomas. They were both very poor. Uh, they suffered a lot, but each of them had very affirming people in, in, in his life. Ben Carson had his mother, and Clarence Thomas had his grandfather. And they were affirming presences that strengthened them, and they were able to, to make it through and, and come out with a, 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 an esteem and solidity and a confidence and, and even if they were poor, even if, as, as, as these two were, they, they were, they were very poor, they were very deprived uh, in our society, but they were able to make it through and come out of the poverty because they had affirming, loving people in their lives. That's the true poverty. It's not a lack of stuff. 
it's a lack of affirmation. One of the probably complications, I guess you'd say, or, or of today's day and age is that people drown themselves, not in, in communication with people per se, but in, well, sort of communication with people and mostly distracted on their devices. You know, um, I think people are spending countless hours today um, distracted from life on their devices. And how would that fit into what Barr's taught? In this day and age, we have all kinds of escapisms. And what is it we're escaping? What is it we want to escape? We essentially want to escape our feelings. Because if I'm feeling bad about myself, if I'm feeling despair, depressed, anxious, uh, I want something that's going to try to give me some kind of relief, distract me from my feelings. We have a whole host of things. And unfortunately, um, it, it, it's, that is the formula for addictions. And so people are very infirmed. They fall easily into addictions because they're looking for that. They're looking to be, they're looking to be affirmed. They're looking for this, this good feeling. They're looking for joy. That's what they're looking for. And those video games give, can give them that shot in the arm. Unfortunately, it's limited. It doesn't last. And then it registers in the brain, and the brain says, yes, but this, this, this activity, was, you know, it, it, gave, it made you high. You know, go back to it. And so we see distractions, addictions, all kinds of, of escapisms taking place in our society. And uh, we, have to, we have to call it for what it is. Mm-hmm. This therapy is started by a Catholic and is a Catholic itself. So how might uh, Our Lady, for instance, play uh, in, into this? If you think of Our Lady, you, 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 you think of someone, uh, you think of the Magnificat, for example, someone who's completely open and receptive, who's pondering the love of God in her heart. And one of the key aspects of healing uh, in, in, in this therapy is learning how to be receptive. We have two modes. Human beings have two modes. We have an active mode and a receptive mode. And both are important, but actually it's the, recept- it's the receptivity that's primary. And by, by opening ourselves we allow ourselves to receive God's love, whether it be through other people or, say, through nature, for example, or through God directly. But when people run firm, they're often very self-protective, so they're, they're kind of closed up in themselves. They're, they're, they're vulnerable. They feel vulnerable. They do not want to open themselves. So it's trying to, to gently coax the client to open him or herself to receive the love of God that comes through the therapists or, or other people again, God himself. How can people access this? Because, um, you know, I myself live in Canada. I, I don't, it's illegal to uh, do um, repar- uh, reparative therapy for uh, LGBT people to, <laughs> to try and get those who even want to uh, leave the homosexual lifestyle uh, to give them help. It's, it's somehow illegal to do that. So, how can people get this when they might be cut off? I, I don't know. I, heard, I didn't hear of it when I was in psychology. I presume most won't have access to it. How are people able to access this? For example, there's catholictherapist.com. And it's Alison Machardi's website. Um, she, she, she's the founder of it. And you can look and find, there's a, there's a section of rubric, find a therapist. And it's, it's international. 
And you can look specifically for the bars and Cholula model, those who practice that, and then you can call them and uh, either uh, schedule something in person or, or by distance. Um, so there, there is that. You could also go on to the Dr. Bars website, Conrad Bars, B-A-A-R-S.com, and there'll be some, some very important information on there for people. And what would be, you know, some last thoughts that you have that you'd want to share about, uh, about this therapy, about its, um, our need for it right now, and about its uh, potential benefits? Well, I think that first and foremost, this, era, this therapy offers real hope for people, and that it stays within the boundaries of what the church teaches about God and about man. And, and so it, it is anchored in the truth. Now, of course, the truth is a mystery. We don't fully understand truth because God is the truth. How can we understand God fully? But God has revealed himself to us. And the church, in its wisdom through the Holy Spirit, has been able to, to give a lot of information and understanding to people. And this therapy utilizes the wisdom of the church. And uh, I've seen in my own practice the, the, the effectiveness that it has and I, and I would say, and I have to say, it's, it's interesting that those people who see me who are already practicing Christians, who have, who have a true love for God, they do heal much more quickly than those that do not. Thank you, Chris, so very much for being with us on this episode of the John Henry Weston Show. And uh, if people wanted to reach out to you, are they able to do so? Or would you prefer that, uh, you know, they just go to the catholictherapist.com? It's best to go to catholictherapist.com. They, they could find you there. Excellent. God bless all of you. And we'll catch you next time. Hi, this is John Henry Weston, the co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News. I'm coming to you today because we want to be sure that we are communicating clearly with you, our loyal followers. Things are really heating up, as I'm sure you can see. Christians, conservative truth-tellers are being targeted, are being banned from social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at an alarmingly fast rate. They are attempting to suppress any narrative that does not fit that of the mainstream media. We knew this day would come. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to lifesitenews.com because there we will always be. But we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are 
an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parlor, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.